Welcome to the Radical Lifestyle Podcast, brought to you by Generation to Generation, where you'll be inspired by the past, equipped for the present, and prepared for the future as we engage in conversations with people from around the world. If you've been inspired by the guests that we've had on the podcast, please like, subscribe, comment, hit notification bells, whatever you can do on the platforms that you're listening on, so that more people have the opportunity of hearing these and engaging in our community. Hello everyone, this is Andrew and Daphne from Generation to Generation, and our guest today is Vincent Xavier. Vincent, for people that don't know who you are, could you say a bit about where you're from and what you do? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Vincent Xavier. I'm married to Patricia Joy Xavier, and we've been in the ministry for 30 years, and we are in Northwest Arkansas, and um, that's where we are, and that's a good start. And uh, for people that hear this, they say, I like Vincent. I want to find out more about him, see some of the stuff that he's putting out there. Where could they do that? Well, you can go to NWM Global. That's NWM stands for New Wine Ministry, nwmglobal.org. And it tells a little bit about our ministry, New Wine Ministry. And uh, that's probably the best place to go. We also broadcast, we do a, a, a podcast uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time at uh, NWM Global. We do it on uh, The Watchmen. There are several different ways to find that podcast on YouTube and Facebook. And unless we get kicked off of YouTube, then we have to redirect our, our path, uh, which we've been uh, ixnate a few times. But uh, we also do radio on kurm.net, K-U-R-M.net. And that is a global uh, radio station, AM, FM, that uh, is on the internet. So that's uh, where we could be found. Okay, I will find some of those links and I'll put them in the description box so that they're ready for people to, to go and check out. Thank you. So, Vincent, could you tell us what you see to start off? What, what do you see of where we are in God's time plan now? What, what do you see happening in the earth? Just, I know that's a big statement. Sure. But I think it's not something many people focus on. So... Yeah, what do you see? Okay, so I look through a biblical lens in my worldview. And so everything I'm about to say is coming from a biblical perspective. And everything I see happening in the world in which we live, particularly our generation, is that uh, everything that Yeshua, everything that the apostles, everything that the book of Revelation, uh, even though I know there are many different interpretations, every single thing that has ever been written is now being fulfilled before our very eyes with very deep prophetic uh, fulfillments that have already happened within the context of our generation. And I see what is known as the beginning of sorrows growing at an accelerating pace at the same time globally all over the world. Uh, I've been studying the Bible for 40 years and just recently looked at a word, just one word where Jesus said, nation shall rise against nation. And I looked at that word rise, and what it means is to awaken or to be woke. And I thought about the generational call right now that's going on all over the world about the woke generation and how that is absolutely in the description of everything that Yeshua said. So I look at the beginning of sorrows as uh, something that has erupted in my personal opinion, I believe, on 9-11-2001. I believe that we shifted into an end time uh, reality like no other time in the history of the world with things having already been accomplished and things that are now being accomplished. And I believe what is happening 
Uh, Yeshua said that we should be paying attention to these things because they're leading us somewhere. And the lead-in is into the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth. And I do believe that that is what is being prepared all over the world. I believe the powers of darkness have uh, situated themselves. I believe that we're witnessing a global arrogance and a, a global blasphemy against everything that is God, everything that is uh, Messianic, Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh. And so I believe that uh, the church needs to awaken. It needs to become woke quick, because uh, this is a time that if I'm accurate in, in understanding what Yeshua wrote and what the apostles wrote, that we are in the, the journey of a lifetime right ahead of us. We believe in the supernatural protection of God. We believe the church in Philadelphia in the book of Revelation uh, represented a remnant of people that would be preserved and protected in a time like this. Uh, but we are not being children in our thinking to think that just because we live in the West or in America, that everything is well. It's really not. There's a growing animosity. Uh, 187,000 IRS agents are being fully armed uh, to begin an investigation of the people in the United States of America. And all over the world, the interconnectedness is happening. Globalization is happening. And you would have to really do your very best to ignore what is being said in scripture, to think that you're not a part of where this is all leading. And that is a time where the love of many will wax cold. People will be falling away from the faith. And so our job is to awaken people to the biblical reality that is happening and to get all that fear out of them. You know, if you're going to awaken and be shocked and alarmed, well, let's do it right now because you're about to face things. We need to get you and I into a position where, like Polycarp at the age of 86 in the Church of Smyrna, you need to be willing to die at the stake for what you believe and not allow your witness to be thwarted. And so while this is humbling, it's also very awesome to think that our lives on this earth can be an absolute witness uh, to everything that Christ said. So I believe we're in the beginning of sorrows. I believe we're moving towards the greatest tribulation ever hit the face of the earth, and we need to prepare for that. It can be really scary for people to to hear things like this. And then they're like, wow, okay, this is in the future. This is coming maybe quicker than some of us had even thought it might. And then they look at the word they're in currently. We see recession. We see what's happened with Afghanistan, what's going on with Ukraine and Russia. Now China making moves, circling around Taiwan. We see all these things going on all at the same time you know there's no more kind of one thing happens we wait a couple of years and then there's another major event these are all happening one after another you go where's the hope where is the light at the end of this tunnel um you know where, where do you see a light at the end of the tunnel do you see one where is the hope in all of this chaos which is going on around us Yes, uh, Yeshua said that the wise virgins would have plenty of oil in their lamps and that the night of the of darkness would come and that they would have the ability to continue their journey. And I believe our hope is always in Yeshua. I believe our hope is in God. Our, our hope is in Yahweh. Our hope is in our Father in heaven, that this moment is temporary and we have been promised eternal things. And that's where our faith really is being tested and challenged. Are you just living for the temporary with all the blessings that we've already received for following Christ that we didn't go after, that he just added to our life like he said he would? 
And are we willing to let go? Are we holding on tightly or are we willing to let go of the temporary things and continually look beyond these moments to the joy that is set before us? We have experienced more of the agape love of our Father in, in, the, in this moment with all these things that are going on, yet in the very center of it, his presence has been overwhelming. We're witnessing people being healed, genuinely being healed, not just hypersensationalizing things, but laying on of hands and people getting healed. We're witnessing deliverance. We're witnessing people's lives change. And the presence of God that is constantly with us, he's confirming his word. So there is nothing but hope. And people may not see that hope with their optimized, with their, their physical eyes, but that hope is in our heart. It's a joyful, cheerful, confident expectation that this too will pass and that we're on the right path and we're going to journey through and we're going to get it right. And it's just an active reality. There is hope for the world and it's found in Yeshua. You said a little phrase just now. You said it's time to get into position. It's time for us to get into position. What does that look like? Well, it's about being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. If you are unfocused, if you're kind of wandering around, uh, you need to get stable. You need to be positioned and focused and understand through a biblical lens, you could trust the word of God that you are doing what God has created you to do. You have a vocation. You have a calling. And God has called you that calling to be salt and light. And then again, every time we come up against principalities and powers, we are constantly being undergirded by the anointing, by the word of God. We're being strengthened and our fellowship with one another. You cannot do this alone. You must be interconnected with the body of Yeshua as the bone of his bone, the flesh of his flesh, and you do your part, but you have all the other members that are supplying where you are weak, where you're tired, where you're going through spiritual warfare. There is a reality. If the devil had been everything people made him to be, and he was so powerful, people like myself, and maybe you all would not be here right now doing what we're doing. The attempt of the enemy has been to take us out, but what we did was we obeyed the word, we were connected by the spirit to the body of Christ, and there's just a continual flow. He is the vine, we are the branches, we continue to abide in Christ so that we can continually do what God has called us to do. And wherever people are, they need to know. They need to know by the spirit of God that you're not just some insignificant member in the body of Christ. You are valuable to God right now, and you need to step into that moment. And if you need help, you need deliverance, you need to get your head clear, you need to be free of you know old wounds. You just need to be somewhere where your life is being tended to so that you can walk into the moment that God has been preparing for you your whole life. Even if it is one hour, you need to get ready to fulfill your purpose on this earth and move into eternal destiny. People we find generally, and this is a general statement, are very unaware of where we're heading. That they, they are waiting for this to be over and us to get back to normal. And we hear that. We see it with churches. There was the whole shaking globally with COVID and the church was shaken, everything was shaken. Um, and now they're getting back to normal. And this, this concerned us because we saw it as a birth pain 
And when you have a birth pain, you don't go back to normal between birth pains. You're positioning yourself for the next one. You're preparing for the next one. What would you say to those who are listening with this, well, it's all going to go back to normal and there isn't a sense of urgency, etc., etc.? What would you say as a wake-up call? I mean, you blow the shofar. Can you blow the shofar with words for us right now? Okay, it was one week before COVID-19 happened where we started seeing the first cases of people dying. I was on a radio broadcast. I'd been on it for seven years, and we sit across the, uh, our congressman of Arkansas is Congressman Steve Womack. His father, who's generally known as the Colonel, he owns a radio station. And uh, I found favor with them. And I've been to Washington, D.C. I've been with the congressman. And they have allowed me to speak openly and frank. And one week before the COVID-19 hit, I had been warning this nation, warning, 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 warning that you cannot do the things we're doing and uh, allow you know, just to go scot-free and have no consequences. And Isaiah 47, 11 came to my heart and I read it that an evil is coming and only evil, and you do not know where it's coming from, and you will not be able to put it off. And it's all recorded in Isaiah 47. I said, listen, something very evil is about to hit this earth in this country, and uh, it is because of our rebellion. It is because of the uh, the resisting of the will of God. And sure enough, a week later, it hit. They tried to put it off. It was not put off. Everything the prophet Isaiah said was fulfilled. Uh, churches shut down. They wanted the shots, the masks. We did not shut down. We did not get masks. We did not get vaccinated. We stood and we said that we are fully vaccinated with the Psalm 91. I call it the PS 91 vaccination. And that vaccine was the blood of Yeshua and that we were going to go that way. And the, and the Ecclesia got together and we said yes. And we continue through. What happened in 2020 was not a hiccup. It was a preview of the greater things to come. I believe that everything that happened in 2020 was to shut the world down, to implement the final components of the new world order that's going to go online very soon. I believe they showed their control and their domination over a church that's waiting for a pre-tribulational rapture to get them out of this earth. And while I have a tremendous amount of compassion for people that believe in a pre-tribulational rapture, um, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, uh, uh, aggressive about showing them that how is it possible that you are believing something that's based upon a foundation in 1 Thessalonians 4 that does not exist? How do millions and millions and millions of people believe something that does not exist from the highest pulpits in the land? It, I, I'm not an expert on anything, but I do know how to read. I have a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit, and I have read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and the Gospels. There is no such thing as a secret preacher of rapture, but that is what's catching the church off guard, and that is why the church went into bondage. That is why they were told to shut their doors, get vaccinated, get masked, sit down, be quiet, don't speak, and uh, it's because that's the condition of the church in America right now. It is so Laodicean in its nature and its conduct. And it's just nothing will ever happen to me. They've taken on the Babylonian mantra that I sit as a queen and nothing evil will happen. And I will see no loss of children. And yet in one day, in one hour, you will witness both of these things happening. And so 
yeah, nobody wants this. Nobody likes this. We want to live, you know, retired lives, go on, you know, eternal vacations and have nothing but joy and bliss. And I could honestly say in balance, I am more blessed at this time in my life than I've ever been. God has so richly blessed my life. And yet we're not multimillionaires, but we have every single thing we would ever desire. And yet are, we're not attached to it. We're not holding on to it. We're not possessing it. And we're living, but this is our heartbeat to get the word out that, hey, things will come suddenly. And these birth pangs that you just spoke of are real, and they are just another sign of a birthing that is coming. It is not a mistake. It's not, let's get back to normal. Uh, that is a facade. Yeah. There are people listening in the East as well as in the West. Um, there are people listening in China and Iran and places like that. What would you say to them? Would you, is it the same? Or what, what would you say to them? First of all, I'd say to them, thank you for being a witness to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, Yeshua, Isa. I would tell them that thank you, like the church of Smyrna was in the book of Revelation, for not bowing down to the idols and to the temples and the Caesar worship and the false gods. Thank you. Thank you for giving us some courage and don't partake of the American gospel. Do not partake of it. It is rancid. It is not real. It is not healthy. It is not good, this prosperity message. So I would say avoid that. Go deep into the scriptures. Love God with all your heart and let him do with your life what he wants to do. And thank you for being a witness. And if you are becoming the martyrs of that time. And that's what Smyrna was. It was known as for martyrdom. They made more money on selling myrrh because myrrh was associated with suffering and death because so many of those believers were being killed for their faith in Christ. And I would just say thank you. Uh, talking about China just for a moment, you know, again, these things are kind of far out there a little bit once in a while, but I look at them and I go, wow, that number in Revelation 13, 666, that's the cheesy stigma in the Greek. And I thought, wow, it's the number of a man's name. And right in the middle of 666 is the name Z, X-I. And I thought, how weird is the Z, the X-I stigma right there, the man's name, President Z of China, uh, in these days that we're living in. I think, and there's a whole track you could go on out there. And I guess what I'm saying is that we're living in the time of the arrival of the Antichrist. We're living in the time of a one world government. We're living in the time where everything is taking form and that's what's coming. And yet, if we're not careful, we're gonna get blindsided. And the dangerous part, it's not that we're gonna lose our toys, it's that the souls of many are gonna fall away. And I would say that the once saved, always saved doctrine, which runs absolute hand in glove with the pre-tribulational rapture, and also Christians cannot have demonic possession or oppression going on in their own souls. These doctrines have so undermined the faith. And so I would say to the church in China and Iran and anywhere else in the world where real persecution is breaking out, thank you. Please continue to stand your ground. Yeah. I think, you know, whatever people's theology is about end times whatever people's perspectives are about medication vaccines this and the other way they did where they didn't take it we're all still here right now and uh you know i talked to a friend of mine we have different beliefs about 
end times he's he's a pre-trib um more on a post-trib um but when we talk we'll be in meetings and we'll have slight digs at each other subtly um so other people might pick up on it but i'll be you know i'll say something to him or he'll say something back and i said at the end of the day your your pre-trib rapture belief uh, didn't save you from having to go through the last two years that we've all just gone through it's you're still here now you, you know you might want to start preparing for some of these things uh even if you've got that belief and uh during during the last couple of years something else we've seen again whatever people's views are on on vaccines whether you should maybe you're an anti-vaxxer generally speaking one thing we have seen is that people have i guess lost sight of the fact that jesus has the power to see us through these things that we have a faith in someone that can raise the dead that can heal the sick and we've become so blinded by the fear which has been put on us that we've kind of lost sight of well hang on a second we believe in someone who's far greater than all these things whether you have vaccines or you don't ultimately our core belief should be that we believe in someone that can save us from these things that can take us through the trials and i think that all of us should be looking at how we can draw closer to him during these things during the shakings during the trials how do we draw closer to the one who ultimately is the one that will save us um and so you know as a, a warning to people um you know don't be blinded by the shakings going on around you don't be blinded by what the media are saying by the fear which governments try and put on you try and keep your eyes firmly fixed on him and seeking his face during all of this yeah i um i would often think that people who think they've got it you know we've got this yes we're post-trib we've got this nails we've got the timelines we we know what's coming i think often i see even in them a false sense of almost security because they think doctrinally they've got it nailed down so we know the roadmap and we're going to be there okay and and that alarms me almost as much as those who are going off track because it's a false sense of complacency um, I don't know what you think about it but I think on two accounts one for themselves and secondly what alarms me is those that I see really going for it not telling others, not saying to others, the king is coming. There is a king who is coming to rule and reign as out of this chaos that the gospel of the kingdom should be preached instead of this self-centered, I'm getting myself ready. What about those around you? What are your thoughts on that? That's an excellent question. It really is. And it's an excellent point. Uh, I agree with what you're saying. We justify ourselves because we have the right doctrine we believe. I'm fully convinced of what I believe, but I will say it, and I, 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 I almost hesitate to even say it because it's something that needs to be lived out and not necessarily said. But the love of God in my heart, in my wife's heart, in our ministry, is for all of God's children, for everybody. I really personally on a personal level, I don't care if you believe in a preacher rapture. What I want to know is the condition of your heart. And regardless of what I believe, and I aggressively uh, am strong because I do have a godly concern that was planted in me 
for people, not to put their hope in a preacher of rapture, but to stand with a God that can bring them through, and especially if it's not really in the Word. So I do have a genuine concern, but I do love people. People, our job is to love and encourage and to serve and to strengthen. So I totally 1000% believe in that. And uh, that, that is our experience. I really don't care where you've been, what you've done, where you've come from. I'm a sinner saved by grace like everybody else. I love the grace of God. This is the imperative. Uh, it's getting a little bit more critical right now and things are accelerating. So we have to be more aggressive in saying what we believe. And if you believe in a preacher rapture, fine, but make sure that the condition of your heart is truly walking with the Lord. Uh, what we have done the last 13 years, we left San Diego, California. We left a beautiful place. God supernaturally put his signature on us moving to Northwest Arkansas, a place we'd never been before. And yet by the way we got here, it was an absolute signature. And he said, I want you to go prepare a place. And so I thought, what does that mean? I'm born in Jersey City, the concrete jungle of Jersey City. Then I'm in San Diego, California for 34 years in cookie cutter homes. What do you want me to do? Go to Arkansas and do what? My wife said, where's Arkansas? We, she didn't know where it was. And, I, and, and so this was absolutely signatured by God. We came here. I bought land. God provided money for land. I dug wells. I planted gardens. I built RV parks. And it went on and on and on in the city, boy is doing all this stuff thinking, what the heck am I doing? And to this day, our fellowship, our ecclesia uh, has utilized that. We have our own well water. We plant our own food. Um, you know, everything you can imagine, we have prepared. We have prepared. And for what purpose? Because we're trusting in that? Heck no. But you know how many people we have served and helped? I don't even live on that land. And yet God gave it to me, no debt, do what you're doing. We built a uh, 90 foot by 24 foot underground greenhouse, a geothermal greenhouse so that we could grow food in the winter and the summer. And we're just doing all these projects. And what I've noticed is that when the ecclesia comes together, not just to go to church, quote unquote, but we do these projects together, it's really deepened uh, the cords of fellowship. And so we're not just sitting around waiting for something to happen. We've responded to what we believe. We're making the preparations, and yet we're trusting God in everything. He is the ultimate ark, and we do understand that. Yeah, that's really interesting. We were just with a friend of ours here in England uh, speaking with his church, and um, during the last couple of years, they were really praying about what they do, the direction they go, and he's very prophetic. He's given a number of prophetic words which have, have come to pass, and He's given some about the shakings that are going to happen over the next uh, couple of years. Well, a couple of months for the UK. A couple of months, really, yeah, for yeah, the yeah, UK. Yeah. And um, and so there are some people that go to his church that have a field. And they said, we want to give you the field to be able to use. Beautiful. And they are now growing crops, doing all these kinds of things. They've got some chickens and things like that. So they're doing their earlier in the road. Uh, it sounds like compared to to where you're at, but they're also doing the same thing. One, so they can provide for their people, for their community, but also for the larger community outside of the church. And um, it's one way of them being able to prepare for the things which are going to happen. Um, and uh, it's interesting as well, because he, he shared a story um, and he said about how once he uh, had a gift come through uh, a financial gift it is more money than than he'd had in his bank for quite some time and he was like wow 
you know, thank you, God, you know. And uh, God was like, hey, don't, don't have your faith in that. Don't put your trust in that money. And he was like, oh, you know, no, oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. But it is nice to know that I've got the money there. And it was like he, he psychologically and he was the way he was talking was like, that's my backstop. Like, if everything goes wrong, at least I've got money there to help me out. And uh, so the next day he went to go to the bank to withdraw some money. And God said, right, here you go. And so as he put his card in the machine, it took the card. And the machine said, you know, basically, you can't get another card for five or six days. He was like, you've got to be kidding me. It was like God said to him, look, you might have that money there, but don't you put your trust in it because I can take your ability to get to it away <laughs> in a second. And so he had all this money in his bank and no way to access it for like six or seven days. He was like, I need that money. <laughs> I can't get to the money. So, uh, you know, like you with the preparation, with the field, and like our friend with this field, you know, we can prepare, we can get ready for the shakings, but ultimately, like we've been saying, you know, our trust isn't in those things. It's in him, the one who provides yeah. and can help us get through it. Amen. I am so sorry for coughing right now. No, you're good. I said something good. right down there. I tried to keep talking while you were, while you were dealing with it. <laughs> you did great. You did great. Well, I want to, before we finish, take a little bit of a twist on this one. We're a ministry called Generation to Generation, and so we always have an eye on the generation that's coming up after us, the emerging generation, or whether it's the older women with the younger women, the older men with the younger men. And there is a generation coming up that right in this hour, this enemy is seeking to destroy in a pretty major way. When God wants to move or when God is about to do something great, the enemy sometimes seems to know quicker than the church. And he knows that in the, that generation are the leaders that are going to come forth to take people through these times of troubling. And our concern is that there is this generation coming up. Many of them are not even seeing the light of day through abortion and, uh, I mean, the whole woke thing. There's so many things that are coming against them. Would you agree with us that there is an alarm cry that needs to go out for this emerging generation, not only for their souls and for their salvation, but they need to know that there is a deliverer who is coming. I mean, this is going to overtake them as well as it is us. Jesus is going to appear. There is going to be a day of reckoning, a day of glory or a day of, of destruction. And this next generation needs to know. Now, I think it was Sean Foy. No, it wasn't. It was somebody else. And he saw in the streets of America all these young people rioting and calling out for freedom, etc., etc. And Jesus said to him, they're calling for me. They don't know it. Sean Steckbeck. Sean Steckbeck. But they, they are calling for me. And so a part of our mandate is to sound the alarm over this emerging generation that everybody listening to us picks up the biblical command to go after them and to tell them the king is coming and their soul and their salvation is at stake. I can agree with that. Absolutely. There's a young generation right now that is so ambitious to move forward in uh, the purpose of God. They, they seem to be an unrestrained generation 
that have visions and dreams of doing things for the kingdom of God. And sometimes the churches hold them back. Yeah. Uh, they, they want it. They want to restrain them. This generation isn't built that way. They have to be released. I believe we're pioneers. I believe we're a pioneering generation and we're all pioneering into the purposes of God. And this is not a time to be settlers and settle down and go back to what we always knew. I believe we're actually moving into territory that we've never experienced. And I believe that a lot of our knowledge needs to turn into experience. And I think this is the time that we are in. And you have to be around people that are thus minded. You know, if, it, if I had my way, I would travel all over the world. I would go to every church, every church leader, and I would say, take your congregation, buy some land and start building communities. Don't let Bill Gates build, buy everything. Uh, let the churches get together and start doing something that is right um, and involve the young people, get them involved in helping and assisting and uh, doing something, not just imaginary, but actually doing something. And um, I, I believe that is our generation that we need to communicate that message. So I say yes. Yeah. Vincent, thank you. We really appreciate it. It's really be good to one, connect with you, but to also hear your thoughts, hear some about what you're doing with your community there. Uh, it's really encouraging. So thank you for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank it's you. It's been an awesome. Thank you, Kirk and Daphne. Appreciate you both. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Remember, if it inspired you, share it with others so we can see more people engaged in this community.